This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back to the Clear Jets podcast. Your host, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Ugh. Michael. Where do we even begin with this one? I think uh, I'll just I'll just toss it over to you. Hopefully it doesn't get lost in the wind. But what do you think about this one? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that transition went through pretty smoothly. I know it's really windy out here. You guys got to factor <laughs> that in. It's a reasonable excuse that the transitions don't go smoothly, even if they're you know very short transitions, not really trying to do anything too over aggressive. No, if I hope you guys got that <laughs> analogy there. We were trying our best, but uh Zach Wilson, this is going to be the Zach Wilson criticism podcast. I think we, I we think. had something there. I, we needed to workshop that that win joke. But yeah, I guess is this the CYJ hit him up on, on we Zach got a, Wilson? We had a bunch of takes on that, but I think ultimately the point is to set up exactly what you just said. This <laughs> they're is, all bad. They all suck. They're all very bad. <laughs> not not great idea. Not the best execution. Kind of like the Jets' offense in this game. Although maybe the ideas weren't great either, but. Anyway, the point is, we're going in on Zach Wilson today. We're not pulling any punches this time around. Um, I know you and I have both been fairly optimistic with Zach for, you know, for the most part, and especially you, I think, more so than me. Although I think I'm, I've been on the yeah, optimistic side. Throw me too. under the bus in 30 seconds in, Michael. Go ahead. No, I, I'm no, you're right. You're Zach right. Wilson, too. I, I'm definitely along the ride, along for the ride with you on that. But, um, but yeah, it's it's time to start going in and it's time to start putting it like it is that he's not being the guy that the jets drafted him to be that they thought he would be at this point of his career that they need him to be for this team to win games right now. But, uh, but we'll dive deeper into it. Um, so I guess I'll throw it back to you. Oh, it's getting pulled away by the wind. You guys got to factor that in. <laughs> Don't forget that. Oh, oh, you got it. You got it. No, All right, no. There we go. Yeah. Think yeah. We're, there. I, yeah, now that Mac Jones is back on offense, I, the, the wind has died down. Um, yeah, I mean, that was brutal. The, the only the only saving grace, Michael, was that I, I had looked at Twitter. before I was streaming it, so it was a little behind, and I looked at Twitter right after the third down because I was amazed that he just missed Elijah Moore and whatever that play call was in the third and one. And so I looked right at Twitter, and I saw that they'd run back the punt, and I just turned off the TV and, and <laughs> went home. I was just done. Like, I... I, uh, yeah, I mean, I was at least saved from that. Um, I did go back and watch it. Seems like there's a few block of the backs on the, on that punt return, but that's not the reason the Jets lost this game. It, it, you know, credit to the defense, because I know you tweeted this out. It kind of just felt like at some point they're going to have to make because the offense is giving them nothing, but the defense, another amazing performance. You know, I know the Patriots had a few big plays and the tackling was a little shaky in the first half, but I mean, 
this defense is is for real. And if they had any semblance of of any success on offense, uh, this would have been a Jets win. And it, it's really hard to to sit here and and to act like uh, like Zach Wilson, like you said, like that he's been anything close to what we thought we would be getting when we drafted him, or even heading into the season. There's been little glimpses of of success uh, with Zach going back to even the last game. I think that did a lot in terms of our our confidence level in him. But even that was, you know, a quick passing game um, uh, where he was managing the game, being a game manager in this game. The Patriots, like we said in the preview pod, took away a lot of that underneath stuff. They did a nice job with the QB spies and, and not allowing Zach to, to really use his legs um, after the first few possessions. And he looked completely lost out there. I mean, we make the jokes about the wind. I'm sure it was somewhat of a factor, but it, not good enough. He doesn't. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback today and really discouraging and, and disheartening um, is, is yeah. just the only way I can describe it. It's just and it's just. I'm so sick of losing to these fuckers. I just, I hate it. Uh, I, it's just, of course, this had to be against the Patriots. Um, and as horrible as that ending was, I think part of the reason I maybe am not, I mean, we're all depressed about it, but it just did feel like the Jets deserved to lose that game, you know? Right, yeah, that, that was sort of my reaction. I mean, I always record my reactions to everything in hopes to catch some crazy stuff, but I didn't really have that, a wild of a reaction to that because I don't know, it just kind of felt like that was inevitable for most of the game. You know, you just kept going through this cycle in the second half where you know the Patriots would have a decent drive, then the Jets would get a big sack or a big play for a loss right around field goal range, and you'd get that momentum back and you'd give the ball back to the offense and you'd be like, All right, we just get one field goal drive here. That's all we need. But then they'd punt it back and they'd do the same exact thing. They get a couple first downs, stop them again, get the ball back three and out, three and out, and just rinse and repeat. So it just never really felt like the Jets, they were just so inept on offense that it didn't feel like they were ever going to do what they needed to do to win because it just seemed so hard for them to move the ball. Even that last driver, they almost kind of got something going. It was just because of that one holding penalty. Other than that, yeah. they, they didn't really have anything. No. So it, it it's crazy when you get these games where it just seems so difficult to move the football even when it was third and one third and two it felt insurmountable so i don't know i never really felt like they were going to do what they need to do to win so when the punt return happened i was like okay this is what we've been waiting for this is the straw that breaks their back but to the defense's credit like you said it wasn't their back that got broken it was the special teams you know i just continued waiting for the defense to make that big mistake and they never did it and it wasn't the cleanest defensive performance you know they they gave up yards and the ball got moved on them. They missed some tackles underneath. The dink and dunk game kind of got them a little bit. But at the end of the day, they gave up three points. And I know, you know, Nick Folk missed two field goals, but even tackles on, you still give up nine points, no touchdowns. Uh, so they just continued responding. They got no help. They got no rest, no field position, absolutely nothing from the other phases of the game. But they just kept going out there and getting big stops when the Jets needed them and giving the offense every chance it could ask for. Uh, you're as an offense, you're not supposed to have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter when you have three points on the board, but the defense was able to give them the opportunity to do that. So credit to the defense. I think before we get in to Zach a little bit more, we got to touch on that defense. Um, you know, like we said, some of it wasn't perfect. I think the linebackers and safeties kind of had some issues with tackling underneath, but corners are locked down again. 
the defensive line got after it with another, I believe, six sacks in this game. And yeah. they're all from different players, so everyone was getting in on the action. So fantastic defensive performance. This was as good as any game they played this year, possibly their best considering the circumstances. So this is it's a legit legitimate championship caliber defense. It really is the way they're playing on a on a weekly basis now. You can win a Super Bowl with this defense. You absolutely can. Plenty of worse defenses have won Super Bowls. And even the defense first teams that do win Super Bowls, this unit is on cap on the same caliber as some of those units with just the way that they carry this entire team because it's not a complimentary football team right now. It's not that at all. But the defense continues to have these performances where they're so strong in spite of having to be the only reason the Jets win the game. We saw it in Green Bay. We saw it in Denver. Uh, now we're seeing it again in this game. So defense is fantastic, but the positives stop there. Uh, so I guess you want to start with Zach Wilson? Well, yeah, we can. I mean, and I would say that this was the game that you really saw how much they missed Brees and, and ABT. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's it was kind of similar to the Denver game because if you remember the Denver game without that big Brees Hall touchdown, they don't win that game. And yeah, then the, the, the Pats game, the, the first Pats game in that first half, you know, you saw Zach opening it up a little bit and he had some nice plays and he played about as good of a, of a half that he's played. And then that second half, he completely melted down. And then as we said with the Bills game, he did a nice job with the quick passing game, moving the football. But this one was the type of game where they really just needed that running game to get going. And and yeah, I mean, missing Herbig, uh, I'm curious to see what, what exactly happened there, considering he was active 90 minutes before kickoff. It seemed like something must happen in pregame warmups where he decided he couldn't go. And and this this it's it's Zach was bad in this game. Absolutely. This will not be the I would be making any uh hyperbolic uh statements on Zach. I know you and, said the or someone said the I wasn't really the use of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Zach doesn't have you can't really defend Zach's game in this one. And I won't, you know, I we don't want to be homers on this podcast. I think you know, you try to be optimistic as fans and you want to be measured in your analysis as analysts, I guess, but there's nothing to defend here. Uh, the only thing you can say for Zach is that the offensive line was atrocious. I don't think Michael Flores' game plan was was any good. The running game wasn't getting going, and there's a few drops. So it wasn't entirely all on him. Right. But, yeah. Like but he he's he's the quarterback, you know. Like, wants. Yeah, exactly. Th- those things aren't exclusive, but at the end of the day, he's the quarterback. And there were plays in the field that he could have made uh that he just didn't make. Um uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah, I don't honestly don't even know where to start with this, Michael. I mean, I just feel it was just an ugly game. I mean, I think the start of the game, like I know that you were feeling okay about his performance until that yeah. that one pass that he threw that just looked like it, it was right to McCordy. Was right. that right at the end of the half? Yeah, that was close to the end of the first half. And I think that's a good place to kind of start with it because, you know, prior to that, I was I was kind of liking where things were going. And, you know, that's not to say he was great or anything, but just process wise, it felt decent. You know, he threw the ball away a few times. He scrambled uh, at least once, maybe twice. I don't know. But hey, hey, I, I did. I did see a tweet from you that said super impressed before before. It got I did. Win. I did. <laughs> so I, I was like, was that hyperbolic? That point. That, that was likely hyperbolic, I would say. <laughs> um, so we're already at two. The over-under was two and a half. Someone, <laughs> one of the listeners prior to this podcast said it at two and a half. So we're at, well, you said it twice. I said it once. Um, so we're getting close to that. But yeah, I mean, it was okay. I like the way he started. But Robbie Sabo has talked about this a lot. It feels like every single Zach Wilson game, this gets brought up, that he has this switch where he makes a mistake and it just snowballs from there like he's not one of these quarterbacks that has that 
you know, the, the buzzword that gets used all the time, the short memory. He, he doesn't have that. He absolutely lets his mistakes affect his game. And, you know, that's what Robbie always talks about. Oh, he'll make that big mistake. The switch gets flipped different quarterback. And I think that play absolutely was that because prior to that point, again, I don't think he was good, but just from a process standpoint, I think it was okay the way he was playing, but he throws that one, which is as bad as it gets. I mean, just a standstill on the numbers throw to a DB for an easy interception that gets dropped. And then from there, and I believe that was the last pass he threw the half and he comes out in the second half and it felt like he took last week's bills game to too much of an extreme, that mentality that he played with. It felt like he was safe to a fault. You know, there was, there were plays there to be made that he wasn't making. I I rewatched some of these plays and there were routes open that he was just hesitant to hit. Um, And you could see him just in the pocket, double clutching, hesitating, maybe taking some sacks. He didn't have to. And then the accuracy was just wildly inaccurate. And I know he makes the excuse for the wind and all that, but Mac Jones was on the other side completing every single pass. And, you know, they weren't in the deep game what Mac Jones was doing, but he was he had no problem completing his checkdowns and his dump offs. But Zach Wilson is air milling air mailing passes over Barrios's head. He's gotta make Denzel Mims leap to catch a pass. You, you know, your biggest receiver at six three. Um there was the pass. The, con- the Conklin one over the middle was the, the worst. Conklin one, one over the middle was bad. The near pick. On the near pick. There was one to Elijah Moore that he shorted. But can we can we stop there for a second? That yeah. Conklin play that, that we've mentioned a few times now that should have been intercepted by McCordy right before the half. Conklin's wide open. Con- yes. Wide open and could have had room to run, put him in field goal range, if not more. Um, and it's like, yeah, like I do definitely wind affected some of the passes, but it's his mechanics. Look at I mean, he's look at his arm yes. on that on that throw. He's shorting it and his footwork is off too. I mean, it just it's do they have to bring John back back? I mean, what is doesn't happening? look good at all. I mean, look, this really this whole game, the mechanics were terrible. There's one throw later, another miss um, where Ty Johnson was on a wheel route and he had a step on him. And I don't know why Ty Johnson's playing so much in these yeah. third down situations. I don't agree with that. And, you know, you know, everyone watches this play and you complain like, oh, I re throwing wheel routes to Ty Johnson on third down. And, and I agree with that. I would rather see Michael Carter in that situation. But, but it's not he, it's not a but he had a step a- on him. And he was open. It should have been a big play, but Wilson underthrows it, and he watches feet on that play, and he's like dancing around. There's just no, just not calm at all. The mechanics are not what you need to see from a quarterback. He doesn't get that front foot pointed where it needs to be pointed. He just never seems steady or confident. It's really ugly to watch. It truly is. Yeah, no, I mean, what I was going to say about the wheel route too, like as much as I think Lafleur deserves to be criticized. A wheel route against the type of defense the Pats are playing, heavy man coverage, playing underneath. That's that's a play that should be open. And it was open. Like you said, he had a step on him. And, you know, as we've said, Zach has had some glimpses of, of good moments. But I feel like his deep accuracy has been maybe not the, the most underwhelming thing of his game because it seems like a lot of the simple stuff he's missed. But the, he has not hit a single nine route that I can remember in his entire – I mean, I know he had the the, the Nessie Titans no, game. No, and then, Like not a designed uh, one. Yeah, and then I guess the the back shoulder to Mims. I mean that that did, looked like it should have been incomplete in this game, and then all of a sudden it just dropped right into Mims's hands. Um, but his deep accuracy was something that was applauded coming out of BYU, and in the NFL, it's been horrible, he, horrible. 
I mean, and his accuracy as a whole hasn't been good, but the deep accuracy was something that coming out, I think you thought you would at least get at least some big plays out of with the, the type of arm talent that he has. Like, where's that pro day throw at? You know, like, is, right. it's just, it's frustrating to be sitting here, but we'll, we'll get to the, I don't even want to get to any optimistic side. Like you said, I mean, it's like the, the only optimistic you could say is they're six and four and they have an elite defense and they bought themselves some time, but how much time? Because right now they went from an opportunity to be first place in the AFC East with this loss, they're now fourth in the AFC East, and now they're eighth in the AFC. And look, there's seven weeks to go. The standings right now don't really matter. Even if they were first place in the AFC East with a win, the chances that they would finish like uh, at first place above Buffalo are still probably pretty low. But um, So the standings right now don't matter, but it's a tight AFC race. And I, I hate to bring it up, but you look back at 2015, and, and why didn't the Jets make the playoffs that year? It was those two losses to the Bills. And if we look back, it's possible these two Pats games could really cost them. Uh, a playoff run but the reality is michael that even if they make the playoffs without better quarterback play they're not going anywhere. right and that's really the most disappointing part of this because i think you know coming off that bills game you beat a great team and he corrects all those issues from the previous pats game it looks really steady and you're like you know we can win games if this guy plays like this every single week but it only takes a one game turnaround for him to erase all that progress and have another game that's on the level that first Patriots game and I think that's the biggest problem with his season this year is you know you expect young quarterbacks to be unstable and erratic and have up and down seasons where you know plus game minus game just alternating but the severity of his lows is way 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 too low for you to feel optimistic about him it's not like he has games where it's like all right it's not really clicking today there's a couple good plays in there a couple mistakes you know we can sharpen this up next game now, he has these games where he's dragging the whole team down. This is the second time in three games that they lose, and it's primarily because of him. And even the two games prior to that previous Patriots game, they you know, if they did lose those games, it would be because of him against the Broncos um, and the and the Packers. So it's it's the severity is too low. Is what I'm trying to say. Like you understand the young quarterbacks are going to have their ups and downs, but how low he goes when he's bad is it's as bad as any quarterback in the league with the easy misses accuracy wise uh, with the, with the interceptable passes he throws. And then even just reading the field, some of the plays he missed. I mean, the one play that really stood out when I briefly skimmed through some of his passes, rewatching that fateful third and one play in the fourth quarter where you know, the Jets empty it out and we're like, why are we emptying it out? Why are we passing on third and one? And I agreed those things. I would prefer to run as a legitimate criticism for the floor. I, I would like to just pound the ball there, especially because I think Robinson had a good run just before that. Um, I would like to run the ball there, but they don't. And they, you know, he throws it short of the six Carter gets tackled. And now we complain to the floor, but you watch it again. And Elijah Moore is wide open on a drag route over the middle. The pocket's clean. Zach is looking at it. He passes on it, and he's late to throw to Carter, and he lets the defenders rally to make the tackle. He also could have hit Carter earlier, and he had space to hit it. So you can criticize the floor for not running, but the play he drew up would have been a first down with average quarterback play, but he can't make these simple plays. So the bad games are way too catastrophic. They're way too damaging to the offense, and because the way the defense is playing – they're damaging to the team's chances of winning 
as a whole. So that's what is really frustrating. His bad games aren't just a couple fixable errors away from being something you could build on. They're just absolute disasters. So it's really it's getting very difficult to picture him being the guy for this team. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to phrase it. I I we should counter that with and people are going to roll their eyes. It it's still too early, but it's getting to a point where the team is playing the defense is playing so well that and they're in a position to make the playoffs that when I, I don't do you consider a move not he's going to be the starter next week absolutely but if they drop a game to bears like the the magic coin is predicted they will maybe maybe this is the the coin prediction honestly is that they go and drop the game to the bears they make the qb switch and that's what leads them to the afc championship that would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> but but at what how bad does it have to get for you to to say think that the jets make a quarterback switch which i guess it would be to mike white considering he's next right i mean i mean i was thinking about this earlier like what what is the point where a change gets made because i feel like i'm sort of on the fence with going into the next game because the only thing that makes me I think will. it I right, I, I agree. They're I at home, think. bad bears defense, you know. They, they yeah, I, I don't think it will, but the only thing that makes me think there might be somewhat of a chance is, and I guess this is another topic we should hit on, is the post game. A lot of stuff transpired in this post game, comments from various people, including Zach himself, and kind of how all that, that went down. I and listen, I don't really read into post game comments yeah. too much and all that. I think it's overrated, like you know, especially after after a game, you know, their emotions are running high and all that. So I don't read into it a lot, typically. But personally, I'm not a huge fan of the way he handled it. Yeah. After the game, you know, not taking accountability. You know, they ask him, um, they ask him, do you feel like the offense? Um, well, do you remember the exact phrasing? It was, do you feel like the offense do let you, the defense down? And do you, he said, no, no. So it was, do you feel like you let the defense down? And And in fairness, like, yeah, he should have yeah. just taken accountability of it. He should have just said yes. He should have done what Josh Allen did a few weeks ago right. when he lost to the Jets. Um, but like you said, like I think it's a bad look and hopefully he learns from it, but I don't really care as much about that. I mean, that's a guy who's just pissed about it. He knows he played like shit. You know, it's it's would be more interesting to see how he uh, and considering that that John Franklin Myers is liking tweets about, right. about Zach Wilson. I, like, that's not... what I was going to throw in because it's more than just that, like, like you said, John Franco Myers liking that tweet is I know this is, you know, social media antics, looking at likes and all that. But that, that does matter when a guy is, you know, on social media right after a game, liking criticism of his quarterback or, you know, supporting that criticism. Yeah, is, it was more, more criticism how he handled the, the post game. He definitely should have just taken accountability of it. But at the same time, right. I don't and, really care about it. It's not he knows he played like shit. But, it's more I mean, about in how addition to that, like. I, I mean, I know Salah said he didn't consider going to White in this game, but also when they asked him if they think uh, the quarterback held the team back, he didn't really deny it. He said, I don't know. And then Garrett Wilson kind of had comments where he's like, you know, this has to be better. We're better than this. We have the guys, uh, some stuff like that. So I don't know. It does. It, there do seem to start to be, it seems like there are starting to be some rumblings of, you know, maybe that it's starting to, to turn a little bit in terms of the locker room. I mean, I, I think it's, that's pretty speculative to say we don't, we don't actually know what's going on in the locker room and everything they've said about Zach that leading up to this week is how much they believe in him. And, and I'm sure that this type of, of loss certainly affects that, but none of us are in the locker room. Um, so it, it's hard to say that, but yeah, I'd imagine if I was, if I was on that defense and the, the, the type of performance they just had, 
compared to what the offense put up. Yeah, you're pissed. Of course you're pissed. But it's just where when is when is enough enough? You know, when right. do you have to say, you know what, Zach, you're not ready and put him on the bench. And, you know, it, it, it's early in his career. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. There's seven games left. Um, I, yeah, we, we don't I mean, for me, whole, I think for me, QB the window, options. <laughs> I think the window is open starting with this next game in terms of if he goes into another funk mid game. I yeah. think starting with this next game, you have to make that switch if it happens. Strevler, I'm just kidding. It's good. It's, it'll I would love to see him, but it, it's I'd love to see Strevler. All that guy does is win, but uh, no, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think uh, the, the leash is probably a little shorter in this Bears game. However, I'll say this I think they should open up the passing game though in this Bears game. Do you agree with me there? I mean, this is a bad Bears defense, and I, I do feel like you know, you listen to what Garrett Wilson was saying after the game that they have to trust the receivers a little bit more, and I agree right, with that's him. what he said. Yeah, it's like. Second and 10, how many second and 10 runs right up the middle for one yard do we need to see before we decide, okay, the run game's not working. The Patriots are really keyed into it. The offensive line's getting no push. You got to start throwing downfield. And it's because they don't trust their quarterback, but sometimes Zach Wilson's at his best when he's playing loose and and playing confidently. And that's a hard thing to manufacture mid-game, but it does feel like at a certain point, you got to just take the reins off, see what happens. And then if it's not looking good, switch it over to Mike White. But clearly the, the mindset with this game was, okay, you lost the last game from turning the ball over and throw, you know, they, they open it up. He's throwing downfield. He threw for 355 yards or whatever, but he lost the game with the turnovers. And so the mindset for this game was protect the football, you know, just run the, we can, we can win an ugly game against the Patriots. And, and you know, look, if they punted that ball out of bounds, who knows what would happen in overtime, but the quarterback play is just so atrocious. And without any sort of run game, how are you supposed to win? So I'm kind of a, the, the mindset. It's like, open it up a little bit in the bears game, let him throw downfield, see if you can get him going. Uh, and if it's not working, then maybe you, you contemplate a, a switch to Mike white. But if the, this conservative game plan, if you're not able to run the football, it's not really going to work. And and here's the other thing. How, how what could LaFleur have done on the first watch? And like, you know, we say it all the time in the post game pods and it's annoying because why would you listen to the pod if, if we don't have all the information yet, but we haven't seen the coaches film. So you can't, fully uh, analyze his performance and Michael Floor's performance, but it did seem like the play calling was just completely anemic. Like where was any sort of bootlegs or, you know, he was having success with his feet and I know they put the QB spine there, but it's like read options or just getting Zach Wilson out of the pocket and lying on his legs. And, you know, look like he was trying to give him some easy throws and he was missing them, but it did just feel like any of those crossing routes, any, it just didn't seem like, do you agree with me there? I mean, what, is there anything that LaFleur didn't do that you, you would have liked to see more of against this look? I mean, there were certain situations where I didn't really like what LaFleur did. There was that one third and three run they had, which I thought was a really silly idea just because they weren't yeah. running the ball well at that point. Um, you know, the third and one pass later. And again, he actually dialed up a good play. It should have been converted, but I still would probably prefer to run there. Um, and there were maybe a few other third downs that aren't coming to mind right now that, you know, maybe pass run didn't like the decision there. Um, but I don't know. Overall, feel it's it's kind of hard to differentiate the this, this is you this know is the coaching the, versus the the quarterback performance. You know, this is this is what the game felt like. And I apologize. Somebody tweeted this during the game, and I'm, I don't I forget who did it. So I'm totally about to steal somebody's tweet. But it was basically like first down, Zach Wilson fuck up. Second down, second and ten run up right up the middle as punishment. And then third down, impossible situation. That's kind of what the game just felt like. It was just third and long. And he's going to get sacked or there's just no really chance for the Jets. And that was the, the entire game. 
the entire offense, especially in the second half, was just three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And yeah, I mean, it's hard to call games when you don't trust your quarterback, but it does feel like LaFleur deserves some accountability because also Zach Wilson's development is, is an indictment on the floor. Like I, I understand that it's on Wilson, this, this game and in his performance, but at the same time, it's LaFleur's job to develop Zach Wilson. And does he look any better than he did coming into the league? There's some things that at times that Bill's game, there's times where you see that he looks like he's starting to get it. But like you said, the lows are just so low. And you go back to the game he had against uh, the Patriots in his rookie year. Was it any better? No, he turned the ball over more and he, you know, he had like threw the ball a little bit more, you know, downfield, especially in the fourth quarter, but he doesn't look any more like an NFL quarterback. He doesn't look any more comfortable. He doesn't seem like he's reading the field at all. Um, yeah, it's just, man, it's, it's disheartening. Is it, is, is it over for Zach Wilson? No, as, as much as fans roll their eyes at it, at that and are ready to, to run him out of town. And I don't blame him based off that game, but it's not over for him, but he's going to have to grow up and Pretty in terms close. of the, getting close, not, I would say, yeah, we're, I guess, yeah, getting there, but the bears game is, is the one where it's like, if he's really struggling against that bears defense, they'll, they'll pull him. They have to pull him. You can't with this locker room and all the momentum and the culture that they're trying to build. They can't tank this season trying to hitch their wagon to, to Zach Wilson's development because you'll lose the locker room and you'll lose some of the good that they've done this year. Um, but again, if they go out there and beat the bills or the bears and, and Zach Wilson plays well, and now you're seven and four, you're not sending him to the bench. But do I have any confidence that Zach Wilson will go into Buffalo in even worse conditions and do anything with that football? I mean, they, they might have the, the Patriots uh, Bill Belichick game plan from last year where they run the ball every play and he throws three times. But unless the offensive line is getting any sort of push, I mean, they won't do anything. It's it's really, I mean, hopefully they get her big back. It sounds like Max Mitchell should be able to come back at some point soon. So maybe the offensive line will look a little bit better, but that's really the thing with Zach Wilson that I don't think enough people talked about in the pre-draft process is like, all right, every play he has five or seconds to throw at BYU. He trusts his offensive line and he's back there playing mad with no fear of getting hit. I'm not to say that he didn't take any sacks, but his average time to throw it at BYU was, was ridiculous. And it's like in the NFL and Matt Judon even said, it, it seems like their pressure comes and he takes his eyes off downfield. He starts looking down at the pressure because his eyes change from pass to, I got to make a guy miss. And as soon as he does that, the timing of the play is all off. I mean, it's a timing-based offense. And for all of Tua Tagovailoa's flaws, he's a damn good quarterback in rhythm playing within the timing of the offense. And that's Zach Wilson isn't at this point in his career. So, yeah, I don't know. There's not much more else to say about Zach outside of not good, not good enough. Accuracy, bad. Uh, I mean, and, and you brought up offensive line. That's, I think, another issue in this game is – like run game the offensive line is pretty terrible I horrible we can horrible. Agree, agree on that but you look at the passing plays like i put a put out a cut up of some of zach's worst play plays in this game oh nice was, right. i think it was yeah <laughs> i'm a huge supporter yeah do we check um, do we want to look at the replies to that tweet yeah definitely i think there's a lot of <laughs> very very measured responses to that uh but yeah it's like i think six plays and the pockets are pretty good in all of them i mean i don't think the pass pro is that bad in this game just brief rewatching from what I've seen so far. I don't know if it was that bad, the pass protection. But like I said, run blocking, terrible. I think they missed Herbig. He's been really solid in the run game. Um, and Feeney typically isn't very good there. So I'm assuming that was probably where a big down 
downgrade happen in this game. So run blocking has to be a lot better. Having Herbig back should help. But pass protection, I like a lot of these misses he had are clean pockets. Look at that first interception or near interception he threw um, where he overthrew Conklin. That's a good pocket. You look at the one he threw later in the game. That was a good pocket. I mean, and the two screens he missed, absolutely nobody near him. Like, that really wasn't a problem in this game, the pressure in terms of uh, the throws he missed. And and that honestly brings up another issue because there are just so many problems. The, the themes are, it's not like there's one or two themes at this point because, you know, what were we talking about two games ago? It was the pressure. He can't, you know, like, what are his numbers under pressure? He's He can't throw under pressure, or when he does get pressured, he bails too much, or he doesn't step up. Well, now in this game, there are a ton of clean pocket plays, and he's not hitting throws out of clean pockets, and he's not hitting screens, and he's not hitting dump-offs. So it's like, what can you do? What does he do well right now? It's hard to pin that down and really say, and that's why I you know, sympathize with LaFleur, because it's like, what can he hang his hat on with his passing game? You, you thought you got- found something. With he the did. Bills game, but his, his eyes match his uh, spearmint gum or whatever. That's true. <laughs> the, or not spearmint, mean, whatever it is, mint blue or whatever. You notice that? All right, never mind. <laughs> I mean, that is that is a good point. It's interesting. I mean, he can hang his hat on that. He's got he he's, got pretty, he's got pretty eyes. Yeah, I mean that for sure. But I mean, you would hope that that would help him. You know, maybe see through the wind a little bit better, kind of anticipate <laughs> that. But obviously, doesn't have that advantage. Maybe he's, I mean, maybe he's got to put the visor back on. Maybe that's what's holding him back. Yeah, he's that, lost, that his, he's lost his swag as a quarterback. Yeah, that that also might be it. But um, but yeah, like what I was saying is, you know, you thought you found something in that Bills game, like the quick passing, the and Pats the rhythm, took it away. But the Pats take that away, and then what? Then he didn't have an answer to it. So, and you know, I guess the Jets, you know, Lafleur didn't do the best job of finding other answers either. But I mean, you know, how different does the game look if Zach Wilson? hits those two checkdowns and maybe they go somewhere and you get ahead of the chains or um, if the run blocking is just better. And then, you know, back to Zach, um, you know, if he hits that wheel route to Ty Johnson or um, he, actually on that uh, one pass, he airmailed to Barrios. Conklin is, that wasn't a screen. Wide open. It was wide open, Conklin was wide wide open. open up the I'm seam scared. and he passes I... on it and then goes to Barrios underneath. It was just, he was t- awful in this game. Absolutely I know awful. that I know it's different when you're on the field compared to watching it on television. Absolutely. But I don't think there's another quarterback in the league that I've watched where I'm screaming that the guy's open before he's seen it. It's like every play, I'm like Conklin, 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 and it misses him. Or Uzama's open. Uzama's like, I'm seeing it on the broadcast. Look, I'm on the couch. I get it. He's he's out there in the trenches. So it's different. But it, it does seem like his field vision is all over the place. You know, and he's yeah, he's taking his eyes off downfield and and like, yeah, the Pats did a great job of I mean, look, we should have known Bill Belichick having the bye week to scheme against a young quarterback wasn't going to look too great. But we talked about it in the preview pod. He's going to take away the underneath stuff. How do you how do you counteract that? And you're going to have to throw it downfield some bit uh, sometimes. But he either a doesn't trust his arm because of the wind or whatever. Um, and the offensive line wasn't holding up. So then all that easy stuff underneath isn't there. And they have a QB spy, so he can't really run. And then, yeah, whether it's wind or confidence in his arm or field vision or offensive line, then they can't get anything downfield, and then the run game's not there. So that was the story of this game. And look, they – I mean, we I, I didn't think it was going to be this ugly, but you kind of expected, okay, it's going to be an ugly defensive game, but not this bad, man. This was Adam Gase a little bad on offense. And they don't – they have too much talent on that side of the football 
for it to look like that. The offensive line is horrible. Like that deserves more credit than it's getting. I mean, the fact they do have three backups in, I guess, but Tomlinson has been underwhelming as a free agent signing. McGovern is a jag. Um, you know, Feeney's okay for depth, but losing Herbig was big. I thought a way he looked good in that Bills game, but not great in this one. And, you know, Brown is Brown has been all right. You know, what can you expect from a 39-year-old playing with a torn rotator cuff? But the O-line is is not great. And it, it's definitely affecting him. I mean, there's just he doesn't know how to play uh under pressure or how to trust his offensive. Line. I thought you were just gonna stop right there. Like he doesn't know how to play. He doesn't know how to play. He does seem a little he did seem a little broken. And he seemed he's there's been plenty of games where at times he seemed broken. And then the next game, a week later, you reset, maybe he gets his confidence going and, and he might come out and have a great game against the Bears. But it'll be hard to forget this game as we get closer and closer to the to the playoffs because it'll be hard until we see him go into to Buffalo or one of these. Uh, I mean, I, I know he beat Buffalo at home, but I'm saying until we see him overcome a bad start like this or win those ugly games or make play, big plays when when it's not that when the easy stuff isn't there, it'll be hard to to look at him as an NFL quarterback. And it's 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 OK if he's a project, but it's not what you expect when you take a guy number two overall, you know? It's like, okay, it's Zach Wilson could, you know, look at Geno Smith now, a, t- a decade later, turned his career around. Just give but, it 10 years and we'll be all good. Yeah. Zach Wilson has all the physical traits to be a good NFL quarterback, but the mechanics aren't there and what's going on between the years isn't there. And and I think that, yes, he deserves a lot of blame, but LaFleur deserves blame too because he's the guy who's tasked with developing him and he doesn't look any better. And I don't know. It's I know it's hard to call a game when you don't trust your quarterback, but I feel like the creativity – or any semblance I mean, of a game plan I, he to counteract deserves it. some blame, but just when you look at specifically the plays that are the ugliest from this game and just most of the season, it's like, what more can LaFleur do to make him complete a screen or not throw a pass to a DB who's just sitting there waiting for it? I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if LaFleur, maybe 10%. I don't yeah. know, but it's mostly Zach. More than that, but yeah, th- that's not a defense of Zach. I'm just saying, I think it was bad all around in offense. Um, yeah, for sure. I would like to see him get out of the pocket a little bit more, you know, just get him, get him out of there. Cause he's not comfortable there and he's just hopping around dancing. And well, didn't we say two games ago that we want less of that. We want him. No, no, pocket, no, no, no. Getting out quick. Designed pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about the, the improvisational circus scramble plays. I'm talking about where's a PA boot. I mean, he's you not could... really good on those either though. He's had a lot of trouble with accuracy on those. Well, he's not creating the pocket right now, so I mean, well, I don't helps. know. He's taking me. Well, and, and that's and what I was saying at the end of this game is like they probably have a better chance that they just take a knee and rely on the defense to get a takeaway than if they well, that's, just. That's that's an indictment. <laughs> it's quite the indictment, but yeah, I mean, I think those bootlegs at least open up some things for Zach because he has the option to run. He's more comfortable there, and the way that the Patriots are playing entirely underneath. Um, with a bunch of of guys playing the sticks, it's like when you get those those little bootlegs, they're they're forced to be put in peril of like, do I go after the quarterback or do I cover the guy behind me? It just seems like I don't know. Like you said, it, it's entirely on Zach. But this podcast can't be an hour of of just shitting on Zach. I mean, I guess it could be, but the offensive line's terrible, and the floor I thought was bad in this one too. And even yeah. that, like I combination, saying, I, don't, I don't know if the offensive line's pass protection was terrible in this one. The the run game though, I mean, was awful. Yeah, for they sure. got no push in the run game. But yeah, no, also, can... do you agree? I think I feel I feel like I thought this a couple times where the running back definitely had a chance to maybe get the last one or two yards they needed, 
on yeah. usually second down. They can't, they they can't break get... a tackle. They can't yeah, break a tackle. I, I, I think the running back should be criticized too in this game. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I love Michael Carter, but he's been underwhelming in this year. Especially that second down. I think it was Carter ahead of that third and one at the end. I was like, all right, that's, that's well blocked. Wait, he didn't get there? Like, I feel like there were quite a few of those. Well, what happened game. to how elusive he was last year? It's like, I understand the O-line is bad, and the O-line was bad last year too, but it seems like Carter's not making anybody miss this year. And James Robinson, you know, I don't you know, you trade for a guy coming off torn Achilles. I still like the move and, and we'll see what happens, but he looks like he's running in quicksand out there and Ty Johnson can't break a tackle to save his life. And he's just got straight line speed. I'd, I'd like to see Zonovan Knight because at least maybe he brings you some of that home run hitting ability that they've lost with Brees Hall. But you know, it, it's not the end of the world. At least they're, they'll be playing some meaningful games, but it, it feels like the quarterback isn't ready and, and that sucks, but you know, Belichick has his number. It's such, also just such a bummer because this has been such a magical season that regardless how it turns out, sucks that we had to get swept by the Pats this year, you know? Like, it doesn't ruin everything, especially if they go to the, the, the playoffs, but it's like, this has been such a, a great season, but to have those two brutal games, the Pats, that they just totally let slip away. Yeah, it definitely has the, the 2015 feeling, you know, with Rex on the Bills sweeping you. Yeah, so worse than that in a way. Definitely worse, but you know. But <laughs> well, like you said, I think the implications could be similar in the end. Do we want to talk about? Uh, well, can we talk about the punt for a little bit? The the punt because I went back and watched it. Why the hell is he not punting it out of bounds? What was that? Right. And also, how many punts do we need to see line drive punts with no hang time? Well, I will say though, the fact that it wasn't even close to being punted out of bounds is prob probably means that they didn't tell him to, right? So. Should we blame coaching for that? Maybe they don't trust Braden man because <laughs> he seems to have an untimely shank every once in a while. They're like, all right, buddy, just get this off. Don't, don't worry. Where, about was the, where has his 2020 tackling gone? Remember yeah. that was one of the best things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was that? Yeah. We, we would have had uh, the number one pick in the draft if, if Braden man didn't make that, that insane tackle, uh, two of them, right? He had two of them. Didn't he? He had the one against the Rams, and I thought he had another one too. He had like four tackles that season. Yeah, but and obviously then, the Rams one was that big one. Ugh. Yeah, that's out the window. But I mean, yeah, I, I had to look at it again. But you definitely want to punt the ball out of bounds there. I mean, you know, did you see the Deshaun Jackson play? I feel like everyone it was, should it was learn from that one. Literally the same situation. Ugh. It's horrible. But like, yeah, did I have much confidence that they were going to win that game in overtime? It kind of felt like they were just going to tie it or something. It was going to be a three, three overtime tie <laughs> or maybe a six to three Pats win with a field going overtime, but to lose like that, man, uh, and that, now that has to go in into the vault as one of like a, I don't know if it's going to go down as a classic Jets Pats game, but it'll certainly be a, you know, classic finish, I guess. Ugh, horrible, just horrible, horrible all around. We're talking about the defense. I guess. Do you think that sauce Gardner play at the, at the beginning of the game was a fumble? Uh, no. I, well, when I watched it at first, I was like, why are we playing this out? That was clearly a breakup, you know, an incompletion. Then you rewatch it. Takes, it's like, wait a minute. It takes like, three steps. Make that argument. You can make that argument. He takes three steps. Like the first step is while he's catching the ball. One, two, ball out. He doesn't really make a football move, but I feel like if that was the Jets, that's a fumble. I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of leaned incompletion, but on the replay, you could definitely, you could see if they called it fumble that they probably would stick with it you know what i thought was interesting though was that uh you remember that fumble that wilson had on that sack 
Yeah, but that and was they let them, not a fumble. I, well, was, I know, like that's what I'm saying. Like, why did they even let that play out? It was like that was so obvious. Well, because if you, they blow the whistle and it turned out to be a fumble, then it wouldn't have been a touchdown. So a lot right. of times they just let the play run and then they call it back. I, you know, that's fine. Although I think the the refs it was were just I mean, really obvious though. <laughs> The Jets didn't lose this game because of the refs, but I don't think the refs were that good in this one either. There was a blatant roughing the pass on Wilson where he gets his helmet smacked, and that's a, that's clear automatic 15. If you touch the quarterback's head, it's a penalty. And it's like, all right, you took a pick six off the board. I mean, I don't know if it's the same group. It probably wasn't. But Jets lost a pick six on a roughing the passer a few weeks ago, and it's like that should have been a first down for the Jets. They probably wouldn't have done anything with it, but still. And it's also like the Pats have offensive PI on literally every single passing play. Every passing play is uh, offensive PI. Just never called, but whatever. And then the block in the back at the end too. Uh, Uzama right at the the start. I went back and watched it. Um, right when the guy catches the ball or whatever, Uzama felt like he got pushed in the back because immediately he throws his arms up like, hey, where's the flag? And then the one in Hardy was, you know, he had already kind of run by him. But still, if they throw that, it would have been 15 yards from the spot of the foul and they would have been around midfield. They would have had a chance maybe, but that was a very clear block in the back too. That didn't get called. But again, the way the jets offense played this, this is not the reps. I mean, we can't, we can't be shit talking to refs. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even thinking about that. play. I mean, special teams has really gone downhill recently. Well, other I, than, I will say other than Zerline, Zerline. Zerline did hit that kick where it looked like he was kicking into a hurricane two in a row. He hit. Yeah, two in a row. And, and, and folk tried to help us out too. By shanking his kicks. Uh, it, it would have been another, yet another game that the Jets very much won because of the, their kicker if they were able to pull it out. So, uh, so he's Bre- been a plus. With Brees and AVT, they, they win this game. But you can't play that game. There'll always be injuries. Next year, we'll have uh, going into the year, be like, everybody's healthy. We got a great team. And then you lose more people. But it's just like they can't run the ball and the team takes away what's underneath and the QB spy Wilson. I mean, you just saw the formula. If there's wind, you can't throw, I guess. I'm I'm very curious to see how he responds to this, though. I will say that that's the 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 thing that it's, obviously his performance is disheartening, but I'm excited to see next week. Are you? I'm just excited to see how he responds to it. And not it might be ugly, it might be horrible, but it's at least we're setting the stage for a uh, for down the stretch. It's like either Zach is going to have to play well, or they're going to throw him on the bench. And now we'll see if Justin Fields plays or not. You know, the last thing we need is is Fields to lighten up the Jets' defense and uh, Zach Wilson shit in the bed and losing that game. But that's what the coin is predicted. Although the COIJ coin has us had us losing this game and then winning that one. The off-brand Neuter Nation coin. Yeah, the great had, value had, coin. Yeah. <laughs> we had a losing in the Super Bowl, so we'll see. Um, is there anything else? I, I mean, well, yeah, go to ahead. answer what you just said, I I wouldn't say I'm excited anymore to watch him. I oh, feel come like on. this game not I'm not. This game kind of lost. You'll me. get you'll be excited. You'll be excited. I'm I know not. it feels like that, but I'm not because maybe, the thing here's the thing about where we intrigued are is maybe a better word. Maybe intrigued is a better word. The thing excited. about where we are at this point is we are seven. He's played seven games, right? This season. And yeah. you know, he's been good in three of those. So it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, maybe he'll have a good game here or there. But one, two if he's if he's going to yeah. get this second season to the point where you could look at the whole body of work and say that is a significant improvement over his rookie year. If he's going to do that, he has to have a really good run from this point onward because yeah. there's a lot of bad stuff on the tape to this point of the season. And you can finish a year strong, but that momentum doesn't necessarily carry over. We saw that multiple times with Darnold. You know, That's true. He's finished to the 2018 season. Those last four games and even his second half of 2019 is what we were categorizing at the time. 
like those things don't necessarily carry over. It's the whole season body of work that you really have to look at. And we're more than halfway through the season for Wilson, and he's not definitively better than he was last year, which is, you know, far less than what we expected. So if he's going to get to that point where he is, where, you know, where this whole second season is legitimately better, it's going to take a really hot finish over these next uh, seven games here. So, you know, one game's not going to be enough. You know, one game, that bad game, that one good game, that's not going to be enough. He really has to start picking it up as soon as he can. So if he has one good game, like it'll be cool to see, but it's not going to mean that much until he starts stringing them together. No, that, that's a fantastic point you just made, but I, I, I guess intrigued is a better word. It's Zach Wilson back against the wall. You know, those boo birds are going to come out next week. If he's, if he's stinking up the joint and they get a bad bears defense, then they got to go to Minnesota who just got their ass kicked. Um, that'll be an interesting one. Then they got to go to Buffalo and I can't imagine that'll go too well for the jets. Um, and then they get two, you know, two defenses that are also not that great. And then, uh, what the, yeah, Seahawks and then Dolphins. So, you know, some, some defenses in there that you'd hope that he could take advantage of, but plenty of games that, you know, especially with this loss there, this is just such a tight AFC race that, yeah, they drop another game and then they're really behind the eight ball, which it sucks the, the type of season they've had, but man, disappointing. I guess the, yeah, the, the positives is like, the defense. The positives is the direction the Jets are going is has been backed up with the way they played this year. The negatives is that the QB is a major, major question mark. So if if he shits the bed the second half of the season and they go into next year, then yeah, then you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, you're looking at Derek or yeah, Derek Carr, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, you're looking at yeah, you're looking at the veteran quarterback market. I'd imagine maybe you go the rookie route. You know, it would certainly suck to have to go pay a quarterback a ton of money because It'll cost you in terms of being able to keep guys like, you know, Quinn is going to be up for an extension. He'll get that. But, you know, there's some veterans that they won't be able to sign or re-sign or bring back because they won't be able to have that quarterback in the rookie deal or whatever. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But those are the things you have to imagine. You think about when you're when your young quarterback doesn't look. Maybe they draft another guy to, to push with him. But again, way too early for any of those discussions because they have seven games left. But I think that Bears game is the first game where it does seem like if he's not playing well, that they could consider a quarterback change. I think the thing is, though, is the defense is so good that they'll kind of always be in those games. I guess that makes it more likely for a quarterback. What do you think? The, the How good the defense is, it kind of seems like they'll be in these games outside of, you know, maybe, maybe the Bills won. Um, but down the stretch, they should be in all of these games with the type of defense they have. And if the quarterback isn't playing well, do they just keep throwing Zach Wilson out there to give him chances to win it for them because they're still in the game or whatever? Um, as opposed to if they're getting blown out, you feel a little bit, more like, all right, we got to just see what else we have. Get him out of there. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a good point. I, I can see both of it, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, being in these games could increase the chance that it happens because, you know, if you get another game like this one where it's like we are just absolutely stuck in a rut right now and there's the Bills game is going to look like that. No hope of getting out of it. Then I think that's where a quarterback change can maybe be that spark that you look for. Like, you remember that um, the Cardinals game from way back where uh greg mackle greg mackle yeah but and he looked as bad as this one though then do do you remember did you watch that game it was horrible in that game i did i definitely watched it but uh yeah they won like seven to six but yeah and then he won and then i think people wanted to start just because he won but he's terrible yeah and then he got sacked like 13 times the next week against the chargers and was injured yeah i don't know i'm not optimistic about 
what Mike White would do. I'm I'm probably one of his biggest detractors, but like at some point, you gotta try something different. You gotta send. I think I tr- I think I trust Mike White to make those those yeah. quick split second decisions a little bit more. I think his field vision's better. Right. But he he you lose some improvisation, but meaning like who cares? But meaning you'll probably take more sacks. Uh, you lose maybe and the ceiling. This is a big thing that kind of play. concerns me from him is that you know, when you play the style that I think he plays, you would like for the ball to be protected well, but he does throw a pretty high number of interceptions for. All right. Well, hey, hey he's he had plays. another year. Has he so, had another year in the system? You know. Yeah, I guess. But isn't he like twenty-seven? Yeah, so, but still, I mean, another year. To, but how many times is pup. he? He's not a young pup, but still, he's had another year in the same system, you know, around the same team. And he had, a, and he's finally had NFL experience because last year, who knows? But no, we're, uh, they're not going to start Mike White this week. But I think there's a chance he could be the starter going to the Vikings game if if Zach really doesn't play well here because it's like you can't you can't let Zach derail the type of season the Jets have had. It's just been too magical, and there's been just too many guys playing out of their minds in the defensive side of the ball to 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 tank this type of season. But um, yeah, the other thing too is I, the receivers were starting to get angry on the field visibly frustrated and that's never a good sign i mean garrett yeah. i mean garrett's a very animated guy you can tell and and i i loved what he had to say in the post-game press conference but on the field you saw that one play where he was getting upset and there was another one where mims was yeah not maybe upset but like telling him where to put the ball more and maybe explains elijah moore's trade requests a little bit <laughs> yeah who knows we'll, we'll speculate on that one for till day's end but you know there, there's also also one throw came to mind with elijah moore um it was when that was, was his best throw the, the the out route he had to him was his best throw of the day i think or maybe the mims back shoulder but all oh, right that was a good one but it, it was one that he missed i think it was like a comeback it, it might have been right before that yeah third, it was third down third down he i don't know what happened but he, oh the third yeah, down like, was the one with the penalty he dirted it no 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 no. well maybe we're talking about two oh right yeah 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 i i do remember that one so there's that one more definitely one and zach came up short on that there was another one later. It was like a comeback and he kind of more caught it, but he was out of bounds. You kind of remember what I'm talking about. He caught it, but he, in the oh, air, he got blur. pushed out. Well, either way, he, it kind of looked like may, you know, when you watched it first, maybe it was contested. He was, you know, wasn't really window for it, but he did win on that one. But Zach kind of just floated it instead of throwing a little bit more of a line drive, getting it there quick. So kind of let the defender close the window. So, more this really should have been the breakout game there were a lot of and he did have a couple catches but in addition to that there were at least three plays right off the top of my head where he should have gotten a big catch so i don't know i i'm starting to feel i still don't condone the actions obviously but starting to see the perspective a little bit he did say there's stuff going on inside this building that people don't know about maybe it's that the quarterback is airmailing passes in practice right (laughs) Who knows? You don't want to speculate too much, but man, that really sucked. That really, really sucked. That was about as disheartening. I don't think it's even fully sunk in. Like I'm at the point where I'm kind of like laughing about it, but I was just walking home and I was just completely disheartened. I was just like, oh my God, if these games come back to haunt us, that'll be brutal. But hey, at least at least they're in it. At least they're playing meaningful games is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. This is the price of playing these games, you know, oh, for yeah. all the good moments, like the losses actually are painful now, as opposed to previous seasons where it's like, you don't care at all. If they lose to the saints in week 15, 
but uh but now when they lose there's a a price that comes with it so every you know the good feels better but also the bad feels worse so yeah. you gotta I, take I, both and more likely than not the season will end in heartbreak but at the very least you can look back and, and see, look i don't want to talk in retrospect here we still got seven games left here but the very least you can be happy with with the culture is, is definitely changed here but until they get the quarterback right it just seems like will they be able to compete you know, maybe if you had Brees Navy T, you could ground and pound and play defense and keep winning games and just hope Zach makes the plays when you need him to. But without those two guys, you need your passing game to step up. Your best players on offense are your two receivers and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Also, they, he really misses Corey Davis, too. That's something that other right. people haven't really talked about as much. Yeah, but that's another thing we should talk about. I mean, Mims, uh, it's his opportunity in, in that, the spotlight that, well, has not gone he, too great. That RPO that, that Zach had at the start of the game was a bullet right over the middle. It was a great throw. And Mims just that was a good jumped, throw. jumped for no reason and dropped it. Yep. You know? It's, yeah, it seems like if he doesn't get his confidence going early in games, he's he's not able to, to rebound from it. You know? He's not able to respond and have play with that short-term memory. Um, Because if you catch that, who knows? Maybe he starts to feel himself. But, you know, he started like 0, 0 for 4 or something. Or 0 for maybe. I mean, how many passing yards do you have today? Like 70? 77 77 yards yep jesus i like how long are we gonna start just continue to justify these stats like this is we're not justifying anything today no, i, I know is... we're not i know we're not <laughs> but it's like you know at, the, at some point you just gotta look at it and be like this is absolutely terrible <laughs> you know oh, terrific and and you know i mean he's had his peaks but who's been better for throughout two years donald or wilson Right, I'm, I mean, actually, I actually Gino, 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 and Zach, Mark Sanchez and Zach. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I was literally just about to read this this tweet that I put out comparing through 20 games how these guys look. So you look at past touchdowns through 20 games: Darnold 28, Sanchez 20, Gino 16, Zach 13. So less than half as many as Darnold. And like, think about like we like Darnold, obviously, but he wasn't you know a phenom or anything. He still had plenty of room to grow. And he had twice as many passing touchdowns as Zach has right now. Uh, you look at net yards per pass attempt, Darnold 5.9. Sanchez and Gino were both 5.7. Wilson uh, 5.0. And this includes sack yardage. So that's yards per attempt adjusted for sacks. Um, then completion percentage, Darnold 59.7. Gino 56.8. Zach 56.2. And Sanchez 54.2. So he's arguably worse than all three of them with better weapons. Uh, well, Sanchez, I would say uh, probably better because of the O-line, um, but uh, definitely better than Darnold and Gino and significantly. And he's worse than them in terms of the production. So it's doesn't look good to say the least. Oh, I guess the one thing I'll say is I do trust Sala to, to keep this locker room in check, you know, this week to keep them on the right track. You know, like I, I don't feel like Salah will lose this locker room. But if if the quarterback keeps costing the games, and they don't do something. That civil war might start. <laughs> but uh, he does seem like the type of guy that I think can handle these. I mean, they've, they've done it all season long, handle adversity. And this week will be a big test for for Coach Salah and and for Zach Wilson because they even I just reading now that the report from SNY maybe you'll see it, but it was something about like. Yeah, Jets players and are uh, were frustrated with Zach Wilson walking around the locker room like he wasn't the. The reason they lost this game or whatever you can see it it's on twitter but um yeah man 
pivotal week ahead for the Jets. Um, I don't know if there's much else to say, man. I mean, any other uh, things we want to get out in this therapy session? Anything else come to mind? So is this going to be the new biggest game for the Jets in the past seven years? (laughs) Yeah, every game we just keep making. This is the biggest. No. But for Zach Wilson, I mean, it's a big one. But no. No. No, the, the next biggest game will be the one where, you know, either their season's on the line or playoffs are on the line or something like that. But no, this was a this is a big opportunity for the Jets and they didn't come through, but they they've won enough games to to put themselves in the position to make up for this type of loss. I mean, you, you figured they were gonna lose a game after the bye, but man. We'll see. We'll see. How about the start of that game too with the delay? And then it looked like a high school broadcast with that one was so weird. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of liked it though. It was kind of it was disorienting a little bit, but it was kind of nice. I was like, oh, it's like I'm there. Yeah, it was like no camera angle changes. It was no replays. You know, zoomed out a little bit. No replays. Scoreboard wasn't there for a little bit. It's like, this is interesting. It's almost like watching the, the film just kind of continuously. Um, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. I guess that's it. Anything else? Well, the white on black is no longer perfect, but to come to an end. Look, look, I thought it looks great, though. I think it's a great look. It does look great. Uh, the coin I see now why they, perfect, though. I understand now why they put the the black trim around the numbers on the white jerseys is because I think they were planning this look when they when they announced these uniforms. But whatever, see what I'm saying? You know the numbers in the white jersey have the black outline. And originally, I was like, well, yeah. why would you even do that? Because, but no, it makes sense. All it right. does make more sense now. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, these are the important things, Michael. Yeah. All right, I guess we're done. You can follow us at CYJ Pod on Twitter. Myself, Ben W. Blessington, Michael at Michael underscore Nania. Go to JetsXFactor.com, best place to go for Jets content. Subscribe to the Jets X Factor YouTube. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we will actually be back. On, well, we'll be back on Friday. We got, I know our schedule is a little weird this week, but um, Thanksgiving, I don't know. Maybe we'll record it. What do you think? I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll figure that we'll out. figure it out, yeah. <laughs> we got to get back on our schedule. Though. Last week, we were a day late on both of them. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, have a great week. And as I used to say at the, at the end of the podcast in, in 2020, don't let the Jets ruin your life. <laughs>